0: For those people who are thinking about planting, those people who are thinking about multiplying, what are the things that they need to do in order to get ready to do that? And we're going to boil it down today to three P's, the prayer, the preparation, and the planning of church planting.
1: Family, multiplication, restoration. I'm Dahadi Lewis. Join me. Noah Odom, and Hayden Radden as we come to you from Atlanta, St. Louis, and Las Vegas. As we seek to add value to your church planting journey, we'll have real-time, authentic conversations that are relevant to the life of the church planter and pastor. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for
0: everyone. Welcome to the We Are Send Network podcast. My name is Noah Oldham, lead pastor of August Gate Church in St. Louis, joined as always by Dahadi Lewis, lead pastor of Blueprint Church in Atlanta, Georgia, and Hayden Ratner, senior pastor of Walk Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Dahadi, how you doing today, sir?
2: I am doing well, sir. How are you? I'm well. Well, Hayden, welcome, brother. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. It's November. It's Las Vegas. The sun is not quite as beaming out here. It's a good day. Man, that's fantastic! And we
1: have the we have the the NBA season is going to be starting officially December twenty second. Let's
0: go! We got to go ahead and redeem this ring back. Man, that that's season was weird. already so long. It's almost like hockey season. It's already starting again because of COVID. Man, you guys yeah. are living it up.
1: Yes, well, we hey are. Guys.
0: I'm excited. Hey guys, we have the op- awesome opportunity to really help our listeners people all over the SEND Network, people that are checking out the SEND Network, people that are thinking about planting and multiplying. We have the the opportunity to help them level up, if, uh, as one way to say it, and we wanna do that today by going all the way back to before we planted, for those people who are thinking about planting, those people who are thinking about multiplying, what are the things that they need to do in order to get ready to do that? And we're gonna boil it down today to three Ps, the prayer, the preparation, and the planning of church planting, the prayer, the preparation and planning of church planting. I believe that we have a breadth of different experiences in this group among us, and then all across Send Network we can pull from. So I'd love for us to offer some tangible advice to those who are in this preparation season. So let's begin here. Uh, As we believe, according to scripture, the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few, therefore pray, let's begin talking about prayer. What have been those prayer strategies that you use in the early days and maybe you continue to use as you think about and you plan to multiply? What have been those prayer strategies? Tahadi, let's start with you, man. How have you led your church, your family, yourself to prayer prior to planting?
1: Well, I mean, I think that's a great question. And for me, the strategy would be exactly what you said. I would just finish that verse off. You know, when we talk about our prayer strategy, for us, it's always, we, it wasn't about praying for a building or praying for something. Like, we want it to be an answer to the prayer of the Luke ten two or the Matthew nine thirty seven where Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are for you. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send more laborers. And so we have we have developed a prayer strategy and continue then and even continue to our day to having a prayer strategy that is, that's around raising up more laborers. That is the reason why we exist. That's the reason why we desire to do that. And so from, like, we have a strategy for that we pray for every covenant member every single week. We pray for every leader. Like, that is our strategy is the, is the praying for the the people in which that God is raising up to co laborer for us specifically um, here in Atlanta Georgia and so like our prayer is primarily around the people
0: that's awesome yeah so praying for the people praying for the harvest and leaders to come out of that harvest what about you Hayden we spent some time together and you talked to me about some of your tangible strategies that you have used and you continue to use what would you offer as advice to those who are putting together a prayer strategy
2: yeah I mean the simple advice is to do it <laughs> I think sometimes we have this tendency to talk more about prayer than actually pray. And I I know when we were getting ready to plant Walk Church and we were in our our kind of a a ramp up phase, developing a core team, I had this choice where it was going to be, hey, either I hope we're going to be a praying church or I'm going to be intentional about us raising up a culture of prayer in our church. I I loved this quote from Spurgeon early on. It's simply this. It's, if God be near a church, it must pray. And so we wanted God to be near our church. We still want God to be near our church. And so in order for that to happen, we knew that we needed to be a praying house. In fact, right, that's the Lord's word himself. My house will be a house of prayer. Uh, I can remember our church walking through, I mean, our, our launch team, our core team, walking through Jim Cimbala, of the Brooklyn Tabernacle, his book "Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire," yeah. and I love how he just represents this this season in his life where he was so desperate, on the verge of quitting, until he started a prayer meeting, and that really birthed the the movement that the Brooklyn Tab saw. And so, we wanted to model some of that early on. And so, I think my advice would be: start a prayer meeting. Don't cancel it for anything, and continue to build upon that, and as you grow. And so. That was one thing that we did. We, we started a first Wednesday prayer meeting every first Wednesday of the month, and um, we've kept it until this day. In fact, in 2021, we're starting to go to every Wednesday prayer, and it's part of our culture now. It's not just something we do as a one-off. It's, it's who we are.
0: Wow, and that's fantastic. I love that, Hyden. that commitment to prayer. It, it, it exudes out of you, and I can mm. see it. I can see it in your life and your Praise ministry. God. Dude, early on in our in our process, we didn't know yeah. where God was sending us. We knew God was calling us to plant. It was more to a demographic, a kind of person, a generation of people. And so we got these big maps out of different cities across the Midwest. We put up the maps um, in our guest bedroom at our house. We had a two-bedroom house. Heather and I, when we were first married, and we began to pray. God, what city is it? Is it Chicago? Wow. Is it Paducah, Kentucky? Is it Evansville, Indiana? And then God brought us to St. Louis uh, through prayer. And then when we got here, it was give us a map of the region of St. Louis. And we began to prayer walk different areas. And as we prayer walk, we would kind of mark off, like, did God say something? Did our something kind of in our hearts begin to burn, like Luke chapter 24 on the road to Emmaus? And then there was the one day where we took a prayer walk with our core team down in the Sular neighborhood of downtown St. Louis. And as we went in different directions, all five of us, we came back and we all had the same look on our face, like, this is So it. good. And it was all birthed out of prayer. And so I tell people that to this day, like you want to plant in our city, buy a map of the city, put it on the wall and begin to pray for that city, pray for the people, pray for the different areas that God would direct your steps um, in that. Anything you guys would add, any any rhythms that you had as a core team, any uh, like the strategy you just said, Haydn, Dahadi, did you have anything like that? Any rhythms you guys have still to this day?
1: I mean, uh, again, like for our focus, it's we're really kind of like, how do we leverage prayer as a means for like discipleship and disciple making? I mean, as Hayden just even talked about And so like, we just want all of our members to be praying. Right. And so when you think individually and collectively, and like, so a lot of our strategy is really around like a, a family that prays together, stays together. Right. And if we could get one of us praying for one another then I think that that is, is a way that we also build that culture of family, you know, and like in being able to just send out like the text, hey, like I'm praying for you. Like those are just like really things that we have been doing from, from the beginning. We like we try to spend less time talking in our elder me- elders meetings and more time just simply praying you right. know, in our elders meetings. And that's really kind of the fight. All, you know, oftentimes that we are, that we are doing. So even doing the work on the front end so that we're praying more in the back end. having our city group leaders. And, 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 and I think yeah. the biggest thing is, is like getting our members to pray for one another. So it's not just leaders praying for our members, but it's our members praying for one another, our yeah. city group leaders praying for their members and so on and so forth. And so mm-hmm. if we, I just really believe that if we get multiple people praying for one another, then I think what, what we we don't give our people like specific things. We put our people on mission together. We put our people together and we try to build that kind of culture and importance of prayer. And then, and so we don't necessarily have a strategy outside of pray for one another. That's good. And yeah. then that.
0: Well, dude, that's all encompassing because God starts speaking yeah. uh, uh, through that. And he calls them out and you can send them. And I love that. I love it. And that's super convicting about uh, making our elders meetings more about prayer than about planning. Super, super yeah. convicting. Um, you mentioned Charles Spurgeon, Hyden, Just He has so many quotes about prayer. Right. I yeah. someone, someone told me once about, they want to know what the powerhouse was. Like, where did the power come from in this church? Because it's moving powerfully. Uh-huh. And he took them down below during the service, and there were people that were praying. Um, and wow. there's room underneath the sanctuary, the entire service. And he That's said, right. this is the powerhouse.
2: That's the powerhouse. Yeah, you know, and I was thinking just strategically, one thing that we've done as a handlebar is we've kicked off the years with what we call 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so in January of every year, we're taking out a block of 21 days and we're just committing those days. We're using our app, we're using social media, our website to push out a daily prayer point where our church is praying for 21 days. And we're encouraging people to fast from something during those 21 days to really spark and start the year off with a mindset of prayer. And then in August, we do another 21 day of prayer set and we call this 21 days of prayer and feasting. And so we say, Hey, everybody's kind of coming back to school back in things like that. And so we encourage people 21 days of prayer, but this time instead of fasting, we want you to fellowship. We want you to get together with some new people and feast. And so really those are just two rhythms throughout the year. And I think one thing that's sparked with, with what the said is, you know, asking people how we can pray for them and really trying to model praying there on the spot. I know oftentimes people say, Hey, on Sunday, can you pray for my cousin? I'll say, yeah, let's right, let's do it right now. Yeah. Sometimes I'll forget. Sometimes I, I don't want to lie and say yes. And so even even on text messages, Hey, can you pray for that? I'm texting a prayer. And so I think on, on the spot praying helps yeah. us with our praying. Yeah.
1: And I think that's really important to this highlight, like, because, you know, we, as we talk about prayer, we part of the reason why we had to put it in as a discipline is yeah. just simply that. It is a, it's a discipline because I am, like, a go-getter, like, and I won't. I'll find myself waking up, did I pray today? So unless I have those built-in disciplines, I won't be a person yeah. of prayer, you know? And so, like, I have to remind me, and it is something about like, when I pray that I'm reminded of my, my shame, reminded of my yeah. humility, reminded of my humanity, right? And it just kind of kicks me back in the line of my dependency of just in need of God. So it's not, I don't pray because I'm strong or to show my strength. I really pray because I'm weak, yeah, right? Yeah. And I'm and I'm prideful and I'm arrogant and I'm selfish. And I'm, you know, and I, and I think I can do things on my own you know, and I and I and I can and I dream about things that I can do on my own and how I can create. Like I have the type of faith, like Jacob. Like I have the type of faith as as long as I can manipulate the situation. Mm. That like and that's and I think that is what drives me to my knees and drives me to prayer. So I don't. I just didn't want anyone to be like, oh man, these, these are, I, he's a prayer warrior. Like nah. Like yeah. I it's a, it's a discipline that I have to to have, and I often find myself like, man, I'm not praying enough. And I, so I find myself more like that than I'm often like just saturating myself in prayer.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So the foundation for all of this, for planting, for multiplying, has got to be prayer. It's not the the box that you check when you don't want to give or you don't want to go. Oh, I'll pray. I like get it. Is the 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 foundation. It is the impetus. It's the energy behind everything. But but next, there's another aspect of getting ready to plant, and that is personal preparation. Um, so if somebody's listening to this podcast and saying, I feel like God's calling me to plant. I want them to know all the different avenues that they may need to consider when it comes to personal preparation. So I'd love to hear from each of you guys, beginning with you, Hayden, what were the different avenues
2: of personal preparation that God took you through in order to plant your church? Yeah, that's great. Great question. I'm a huge advocate for wise counsel, and part of that is because one of my daily rhythms is starting every day reading the proverb, and you can't go far in the proverbs of the day without learning that you need wisdom. Your input is never enough. And so uh, when Nina and I felt led to Plant Walk Church here in Las Vegas, we wanted to get counsel. And the counsel that we got from our Sending Church, Hope Church, was be assessed. And so our, our, our next step of preparation was to do a Send Network assessment. From there, we got our next step from there, which was do a residency. And we were able to do an apprenticeship residency at Hope Church and that was huge for, for our preparation. I was able to see uh, local church modeled um, from a lead pastor standpoint with Pastor Vance and the team there, as well as just other people with on the, on this, i had never served on a church staff like that. So I needed a, a lot of preparing and that created a space where I could still focus energy on our church plant, walk church, while at the same time, not having to be on every weekend and preach every weekend. And so I'm in the background, I'm asking questions. I'm leaning in, I'm taking notes on my phone or my pad, and I'm just, I'm just in the background getting ready. I'm building, I'm preparing. It's almost like when you see these big hotels in Las Vegas, you just see the, uh, the beautiful hotel, but the reality is they had to dig so deep of a foundation before they could even start the building. That, that's what felt like that, the preparing season was for mm-hmm. Nina and I. That's and uh, Yeah, it was, it was a game changer for us. It still is for this day. I still, I still model that. And yeah. our leadership. That's good. Dahadi, what about you, man? What did, what did you do to personally prepare
0: before you planted?
1: Well, I mean, let me just kind of start off with just saying, you know, the old statement, although adage is true, is that you cannot give what you do not have. And Great. so like what I talk to our leaders all the time is that, is that I believe that authenticity is the apologetic of our day. And the reality is, is that oftentimes people want to know, is it real? And people don't want to see if you're perfect. People want to know whether or not you're able to struggle well in this life, you know, and, mm. and are you willing to struggle with, with it? And so I uh, constantly, I'm asking the question, uh, you know, I ask myself two questions, you know, on multiple different levels. I says, am I the type of person that I would want to see reproduced in my church? And what disciplines am I putting in my life to help me get there? And then I ask myself the second question, do I have the type of marriage that I would want to see in my church and what disciplines do I have? And then I kind of create these rungs to my nuclear family, to my, um, fam, you know, my city group family, to my church family. And I think that that leads to even the church planning. So I say all that to say is that it's important. For these times of preparation, I had the privilege of going to Fellowship Associates in Little Rock, you know, and spending a year there just Mm. to simply put and to do a residency there and just to kind of walk through and just like, what does it look like for us to be prepared? What does it look like for us to be doing the real thing? Because one of the things that I'm just a a firm believer of is that, man, you teach what you are, but you reproduce who you really are. You teach what you know, but you reproduce who you really are. And And so like a big part of it is like, as we are doing that, like constantly doing these diagnostics and putting myself in that. And so most of what we do at Blueprint Church has been things that I've been through personally. Like I've been through, residencies. I've been through training. I've been through times when I've said, you know, sit in uh, under the Bible, like I've been through these things and and a lot of the stuff. Now I have to obviously in a lot of ways contextualize them to my own context, but these are things that I've been through and I'm, and I'm living and I'm I'm working through. So I just think that the, the importance of personal preparation is a critical piece because the problem is, is that I see so many pastors, so many planters, so many people allow their gifts and their talents to take them to a place where their character is not keeping them. You know, wow. and I think a lot of it is that they're not creating those, that, that discipline of being the real thing. And they're just kind of, they're teaching stuff and they're good communicators and expositors, but they're not really living
0: this stuff out. Mm, man, that's challenging. That's challenging. Okay, the final peak. we got prayer, we got personal preparation, and then it's planning. It gets down to it, uh, for us to plant a church, and you know, we are starting an organization. We, we are leading people towards a common goal, a common end, and so there's different elements. I'd love to hear uh, from each of you, uh, what were the most important elements that you focused on planting your church? You know, some people are going to think about the gathering, community engagement, groups, um, a lot of that comes out of methodology. Dehadi, let's begin with you. What were the most important elements you wanted to make sure that you had planned for that you could execute when this church was launching? I mean, for us, it's easy. as gospel
1: family mission um, that we wanted the people to be understanding both their identity as gospel-centered believers, right? We want them to understand their identity as responsible siblings. We talk about the church is not like family. It is family. And we wanted um, our people to be indigenous disciple makers. And so I know that like a lot of times people get frustrated when I answer things like that because it's like, all right, but what practically? No, that is like we, those are the aims in which everything that we do is about uh, reinforcing the identity of those things. And so when we... When at our church, like we believe that our identity drives our activity and our focus and our target is always trying to get our people to understand who they are. And then we basically trust in the Holy Spirit to allow him to lead them to what they have. So we feel like we got to put the tools in the tool belt. And so, again, it goes back to this idea of discipleship disciple making you know and so when we say it's a a call to membership is a call to discipleship and it goes back to the very thing that we said at the beginning praying for more labors praying for more disciple makers and so you know and so that's really the core of everything that we do you know when we talk about our our planning and we bring it up every single time we do a new series every single time we're we're leading out is like here's our aims and so let's 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 be let's plan around them
0: it shapes everything. That's right. That vision, those aims, it shapes everything. Hayden, what about you? What What were those those main focuses that you had in planning as you prepared the plant?
2: Yeah. Well, we wanted to start off with planning around city engagement. We wanted to we wanted to not just start with a service, but we wanted some of our service to lead to our worship service. That makes sense. And so we started out with city engagement. And trying to reach people and trying to uh, just be in, in spaces, I love how Dahadi says it, where life exists. And say, okay, hey, there's 90% of our city is, is lost. And so let's plan stuff around reaching lost people. And uh, let's build from there. And so, yeah, we, we had a season that was very intentional before we launched our church with that. And then we identified a location. It happened to be the middle school that I went to growing up as a space for us to have public worship services. And then we started to plan around having a life-giving, attractional, yet very gospel-centered worship service on Sundays. And I love John Wooden's quote, the, the legend, the winningest coach of all time from UCLA. He said, failing to plan is planning to fail. Yeah. And so we had to realize, okay, hey, if, if, if we really want to have a successful season of ministry in our church to experience growth. We got to plan better. Um, and I once heard, I mean, just to circle it back, I once heard a, a friend of mine say, Hey, if you don't pray together, you can't plan together. And so I think we're seeing all of this work together, yeah. planning, preparing, praying. And so, yeah, we started just, I, I think that I would just say too, just being in the moment of, of whatever season of life your church is in. So if you're in like a pre-launch stage, you know, start planning around th- what's most effective in that season. If you're trying to level up your Sunday gathering because you're not experiencing the growth on Sundays that uh, you feel like you'd like to see, well, men, start planning on how to have a better Sunday service. Recently, we had to take a look at our groups, um, just to kind of our groups pipeline and our groups pathway and realize, hey, we haven't been planning for groups. We've just kind of assumed they're just going to keep getting better. We took our eye off groups for a minute and we realized, man, we got to plan for our next group season better. And so, yeah, I think there's so much value in, good. in planning. And We see that biblically as well. Hey, the only thing I'd
0: add to both you guys said, I think that's amazing, the vision, the aims, and then the, the, those basics you talked about. I would say, make sure you exegete your community as you're doing all of that planning. I've seen too many planters come from another context, parachute in and try to accomplish a gathering or groups or even missional engagement, community engagement based on what they experienced in another context. And right. for me, I grew up in a in an area that wasn't highly Catholic, moved to a Catholic city. And when we started planning our gatherings, you realize if we're going to be down here in the middle of the city, like there's more liturgical elements that are going to connect. People don't want to come to my house for a small group first as the front door. They want to come through the front doors of a building that looks like a church wow. because they grew up in a Catholic or a Lutheran background. And so yeah. we had to do that not just the church I want to plant in my heart, the church that God wants to plant to reach this community was super important. So, um, hey, all of this is wrapped up. Like you said, bringing it back around. It's praying, it's preparation, it's planning. I'd like, before we close, Hayden, if you would just lead us in praying for the listeners for both their personal preparation and their
2: planning to plant these churches. Wow. I'd be honored to. Father, we come before you in Jesus Christ's name, the only name that is above every other name. And God, I just want to breathe a word of prayer over each individual listening, regardless of gender, ethnicity, planting season or stage. Here's what we know. God, you are there. You're with them and you're for them. And so, God, I do pray that you would give us wisdom and insight in each season uh, on how to plan better. And God, what we need to do when it comes to preparing. And God, give us a white hot flame, a a passion, a very tangible expression of prayer in our context, in our church. God, give us not just churches that pray, but God, give us praying churches. I love how Dehadi said it, Lord, that each individual member would be praying, not just pastors and leaders, but there's prayer taking place throughout the city, prayer in groups, prayer in homes prayer and families prayer with couples god prayer with kids prayer on the way to school prayer at the gym god i do pray that we would have this culture of prayer within the send network within church plants all around north america i do want to close this prayer lord with just saying lord keep us from evil protect us from temptation lead us not into temptation deliver us from evil god We are in difficult, challenging days. We pray for those who are in authority. We pray for different leaders and those who are ruling in different places, God. And we pray that they would be praying men and praying women. Holy Spirit, help our churches to be influencers of this day and disciple makers all throughout this nation. And we do it all for your glory and our joy. Thank you for this podcast, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thank you all for joining us for another episode
0: of the We Are Send Network podcast. We hope this has been helpful as you pray, prepare, and plan to plant. As always, if you are interested in finding out more about church planting with the Send Network, just text Send Network to 888 123. Send Network to 888 123. And until next time, we are Send Network.
1: You have been listening to We Are Send Network, a resource of the North American Mission Movement. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.